The Great American Songbook. Not a real book, but a term originally applying to songs from Broadway musical theater, Hollywood movie musicals, and Tin Pan Alley. These songs became a sort of unofficial canon, particularly for jazz musicians. The works originally covered a time period roughly spanning 1920 to 1960, but as time marches ever onward, the time period for the Great American Songbook expands. Quote, I wanted to make an album where I just sang, and what better music to work with than the Great American Songbook of the 60s and 70s, said Bruce Springsteen. Springsteen's new album, Only the Strong Survive, is a cover album that focuses on soul music of the 60s and 70s. Several singles were released before the album's November release date, including the subject of today's episode, a song originally performed in 1962 by American soul and R&B singer Ben E. King. The song was co-written by Ahmet Ertgun, founder of Atlantic Records, along with King's wife, Betty Nelson, though some suspect King used his wife's name as a pseudonym. Regardless of who wrote it, the song was a hit both in America, where it hit number two on the R&B charts and number 11 on the pop charts, and in Italy, where it hit number 10 on the charts. Like any other great American songbook tune, it has been covered countless times, with an Aretha Franklin version breathing new life into the song in 1970, with her cover featuring on her 19th studio album, Spirit in the Dark. From King to Franklin to Springsteen in 2022, this song continues to get played, despite the title's insistence otherwise. That's right, we're talking Don't Play That Song, Brackets You Lied, by Ben E. King on Cover Me. Charling, I love you. You know that you lie. Charling, I love you. You know that you lie. Charling, I love you. You know that you lie. Well, you lie. Well, you lie. That's right, it's Cover Me, the only podcast that compares famous songs to their many cover versions to find out which one was only 17. I'm your host, as always, The Snake, joined by my darling co-host. Alex Miltenberger. Alex Miltenberger, you sweet, sweet boy. Yeah. How are you? I haven't been at 17 for years. Yeah, for 12 years. For a long-ass time. Yeah. 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 Anyway. Hi, so yeah. does, that, does that fill you with dread, joy? Does it fill me with dread? Uh, joy. Wasn't a fan of being 17, honestly. Yeah, I'm, I'm over you know, I wasn't it. up to much when I'm I was I'm over 17. being 17. That's good, Alex. Yeah. That's great. Um, you doing good? Things are good over in the uh the windy city. Yeah, uh yeah. <laughs> the wind has died down, so that's nice. Okay, uh, just the city now. Yeah, yeah, it's just a city. Generally. Um I went top rope climbing first time. Top rope climbing. Uh this week. Mean? It just means there's a rope that that is like uh like there's a pulley at the top. And you climb okay. up a wall, and like you're attached to a rope, which is like fairly oh, standard. Okay. But I'd only gone bouldering before, which is right, no rope. Yeah, but you don't climb as high because it's dangerous. Because there's no rope. Because there's no rope, exactly. That was cool. That is cool, Alex. Yeah. Um. Yeah. What about you, what's going on in the oh, less windy city? The less windy city. That is what it's known as here. Um. It's just cold here. Cold for Vancouver. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not that cold. Just chilling, you know? Just hanging out. Just clocking in, clocking out, making that money. On my grind, as they say. Yep. That's the grind set. That is the grind set. I you think... Know who won't get off his grind set. No, go ahead. What are you saying? No, I said I think that's the grind set. That was... Oh, you think... That, that I, thought was gonna, I thought that was an I think leading... You know, won't get off his grind, Alex. Bruce Springsteen. Yeah, like, he's know. like 73 or something like that. Mm-hmm. I forgot to check his age. He's old. He's old, brother. He's an old guy. 
Um, did you listen to the yeah, new new cover album, Alex? What'd yeah, not as much of it as I wanted to because Spotify fucked up because I like put it on and said, hey, play this album for me, um, mm-hmm. Spotify. And it said, cool, you want me to play the first three songs and then loop them continuously? And then I never got back to it. I just like they, went on a car ride where I was like, well, I guess I'll listen to these three songs on repeat then. Why does Spotify do that? It's done that to me a couple times. I feel it it constantly has different issues. I still can't see like other people on my friend activity. I have one person left on my friend activity. It's a person I did a group project with like eight years ago. Um, Nice. (laughs) And I don't know why I can't see anyone's friend activity. The only advice online is like tell them to. Um, turn their let other people see my group activity on, but I don't think everyone has it off. No, it seems like that would be silly. Um, I'll tell you this, I can see you. I, you're actually the only one I see on my friend activity. Well, I've definitely enabled my friend activity. I've Good checked you. you're, many you're times. An enabler. Hell yeah, Alex. Um, next topic of discussion here, Alex. Yeah. Benny King. You heard of him? Yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I was not familiar with the artist's name, but I believe he also did Stand By Me, which is a big deal. Yeah, that's his big one. Um, um, but yeah, I wouldn't have known the artist by name for sure. No, I it's mean, a name I knew. I, like, I've heard the name Benny King before. but Benjamin Earl King. Is it actually Earl? Yeah. Cool. Good for him. According to this. Although, yeah, he's an American soul and R&B singer. Hey, how about Ahmet Erdogan? Do you know him? No, never heard of that guy, but he sounds like a big deal. Yeah, he's like, so he's a Turkish-American businessman, songwriter, record, record exec, and philanthropist. So, and also, like, wrote songs. So he wrote this song along with either King's wife or King. It's unclear. Yeah, that's um, a weird thing. I guess you do that to give royalties, right? Yeah, to kind of ensure that they're going to be taken care of, I guess. Yeah. Um, uh, and he yeah. founded Atlantic Records. We talked about... Uh, what was last week for us will be two weeks ago for listeners on Sweet Jane, which is the company that was like, you guys got to load this thing with hits. Yeah, load it up. But like, the, I mean, Atlantic Records has done so much music over the years. Like, yeah, it's it's, uh, it's insane. It's just a yeah, huge company. Yeah. And so then, then also Erdogan did like a lot of like work to establish like better relations between Turkey and the United States, which... I don't know how that's going right now, but cool. Oh, the other thing, looking at his Wikipedia page, I I always am amused when I see this kind of thing, is like, it shows like, born in the Ottoman Empire. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And yeah, so that's amusing because he was born in the early 20th century. You know what, Alex, you might not know Benny King by name here. I'm looking at my notes again. Are you familiar with a group called the Drifters? Oh, yeah, I think I've heard of them. Yeah, so he's one of the lead singers of the Drifters. Yes, which is cool. And I don't think we talked about the Drifters, and I don't think he did the Drifters song we talked about. We talked about, okay. But he did do up, like up Save the, the Last Dance for Me. Okay. Which that's a big that's deal. That's a classic. Yeah. That's a big deal. Um, yeah, speaking of classics, Alex, the Great American Songbook. You familiar with this? I'm familiar you with the concept. This? I've never read it. Um <laughs> Yeah, it's a... Um, it's a, it's a really amusing concept, or it's a really interesting concept, because it's kind of, it's like our modern conceptualization of what you might call just like the musical canon. 
Yeah. Like, it's just a bunch of songs that people have decided are good, and therefore we also want to play them. And for, I mean, that's like how folk music worked, but it was it was informal, you know? It was just the songs that people decided to pass on. So in a lot of ways, it's that, right? Yeah, truly, it's an informal thing given a formal name, right? Yeah. Because there is no, like, actual yeah. record there's of no it. I mean... Book, and there's songs like, oh, well, we consider these songs to be this or something, but, like, just based on, oh, there's a bunch of recordings of it. And now we can actually see that, and there's a record of recordings. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, you know, at the time, I've been like, oh, these are the songs we learned because we learned them from the people we know kind of thing. Yeah. And, like, looking at the album Bruce Springsteen put together and was like, oh, this is the American Songbook of the 60s and 70s, I recognized one track off this album here, What Becomes of the Brokenhearted, and nothing else. All of this is new to me. Yeah, I don't know if I recognize any of these. Oh, that's, yeah. So, like, is it, and it seems to be, like, a jazz tradition that stems from, like, Broadway and theater, so. True. Yeah, it's big in jazz. I mean, that's kind of where jazz, the idea of a jazz standard Right. from and then you either borrow from those or build off of them or whatever is and and lots of forms of music do that and mm-hmm. in like especially in like folk traditions i would say yeah i will say with these songs in particular because i basically we're doing this song because it features on the spruce springsteen album yeah. rather than talking about a whole album we're doing one track this was maybe the fifth or sixth song off the album i tried to make a playlist for because I was like, okay, we'll do the one I know. We'll do what becomes the broken hearted. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, every single version sounds the same. Like everyone is hugging close to the same beats and notes. And like it is. So there's like in this great American songbook, there are tons and tons of covers. Sure. But in some ways it's like the covers we dislike the most on the show where they cling so closely <laughs> to that that original version where they're like, this is how it's done. This is how you play it. This is me playing it. It's like, it makes it very tough to make a playlist for the show. I think it's another sort of interplay between the old way and the new way, if that makes Mm. sense. Cause the old way you didn't necessarily have a recording, especially going back even further, you know, music right to be live something to be preserved in that live performance so like you don't need to change it because like oh i love this song no one's doing what we're doing you know no one's analyzing it and all that it's like oh hey they they performed this song pretty well and i am familiar with the concept of this song i have it in my head maybe i know how to sing along um versus more modern concept of a song as like a commercial product which is really what i mean as as much as I maybe don't like to say it, in a lot of ways, how we approach it, we're like, why why would you record this? Why would you sell this? You know, yeah, we've said that kind of thing before. Um, whereas, like, oh, the the idea is you're you're trying to create a unique product. Um, but I think there's more value to it beyond you know the capitalistic value, but at the uh, uniqueness. But that's in that could be viewed as where it comes from. Yeah, that's you. You've touched on something interesting, sort of the idea of taking, keeping a song alive for the sake of that song, rather the more modern perspective, using a song to to sell yourself or sell your product. Yeah, exactly. So interesting. Yeah, 
we have, I think, both of those on on this playlist, and a lot of the, I mean, the songs you looked at, I sounds like were examples of that too. So, yeah. So uh, that's the kind of stuff we're dealing with today. Let's talk about these lyrics, Alex. Yeah, but what's the actual song about? Yeah, what's it about, bro? Hey, I mean, you know, don't play. Do you, you know the the Kid Cudi song? Don't play this song. I actually don't know that song. Oh my god, Alex. <laughs> Like between this, don't play that song, don't play this song. What am I supposed to play, Alex? That's that's a little joke I wrote for you. <laughs> We're just gonna have to stop listening to music, I guess. <laughs> um, both pretty good songs though. Uh so this song, pretty simple. Pretty simple. It's it's from 1962, folks. It's an easy concept. Um, I like it though. I like this song. What do you think about this song? Sorry, I'm just looking. Yeah, I don't know "Man in the Moon" too, like at all. Okay. Um, see, I borrowed "Man in the Moon" one from you, and then "Man in the Moon" two got stuck in your car, and your car got trashed. That's right, the old Dodge Stratus. Yes. Yeah. So unfortunately, I never borrowed "Man in the Moon" two from you. Okay, so you never heard the sequel. (laughs) Um, I mean, I could listen to it, but anyway, sorry, I'm getting off off topic. You said something else. Did you like this song? Don't play that song. This song, yeah, I mean, it's got that classic feeling to it. I can, I can see why people like it and why it's, it's survived, why it's strong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and even in, in its simplicity, when we talk about the music, we'll talk about you know some of the basic things it does. But I think there's some cool, cool little ideas in there that yeah, and out. we've talked about songs from this era, and there's oftentimes like, like a, a purity of just like idea, mm-hmm. where you just really reinforcing this you know it it's it's this one's more like in in someone's head and all of their actions are just trying to convey a very specific thing yeah he i mean the title is the the idea and every like line is in support of that idea Mm -hmm. it's very efficiently built um, so it begins, don't play it no more, don't play it no more, don't play it no more. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. Yeah, and I, like, didn't, like, I didn't like how Genius had it laid out. Maybe I used a weird page, because sometimes they have multiple pages for a single song, but right. it was like, this is a chorus, and also didn't label anything else, and it has, like, chorus in brackets later, but, like, I don't right. know why. <laughs> but, yeah, by its own admission, the chorus is everything up to that point of the next chorus. Yeah, so, <laughs> it's very strange. Um, but I don't think it's a chorus, just an intro. Yeah, it's an intro. But it is also um, the, more or less, the, the title of the song, and uh, what we'll find is that this is kind of there's a song that reminds the narrator of a relationship. Yeah. Don't play that song for me. It brings back memories yeah. of days that I once knew, the days I spent with you. There it is. That's right there. There it is. Yeah. Um, I guess worth noting in there, like you said, yeah, it brings back memories of a past relationship. The fact that he says the days I spent with you seems to suggest that the person, he is in a scenario where he is with this person at the moment. He's talking to them. He's talking to them. I guess so. Or that he's just like, you know, in the more dramatic sense, like soliloquizing and talking to them, but they're not actually there. Yeah. And I feel like you could say both. And and the big important reason to say you is for the rhyme more than that's true. Yeah, the days else. I once knew the days I spent with you. Yeah, that's that's my feeling. Yeah, 
But like, it could also speak to like like they're meeting again, and this this person who left him before is like trying to respark the the relationship. Or and it could saying, like I kind of just picture him in like a bar much. or something, and him just being or like at home and the radio is playing, and he's just kind of like, ah, oh, fuck, don't play this, like. <laughs> Yeah, or, I mean, the idea of, like, the song being a metaphor for, like, doing something, so playing the song again is, like, I don't want to go there and do that again. Like, I don't want to, like, maybe they are saying, hey, let's get back together. And then he's saying, like, no, I can't. It'll be, it'll be too painful. It's too painful the first time. Right. I think it might be more literal, just given the, It does uh, feel more literal. The actual chorus and how that is represented in the song as well. Mm-hmm. I think really, really True. touches on that. Like, please don't put that song on. But you're right; it could be it because there's like, oh, there's that old tune again. People will say when you're you're, yeah. you're busting out some old like second verse, like, same as the first. Like, just doing the same thing twice. You're doing the same thing again, exactly. So that that holds merit. Yeah. Um, we come to this. Oh no! Don't let it play. It fills my heart with pain. Please stop it right away. I remember just what it said. Just uh, what it said. Pardon me. Just uh, what it just, said. Uh. Yeah. Well. How about that? I mean, it's a little more of the same, right? Asking yeah. if I want to play the song, uh, a little more detail on the the pain, but then like just begging to not not do that anymore, not bring the memories up. But he remembers it, like yeah, got, he remembers it so clearly yeah. that it's like it's embedded in his brain. This is like a song about PTSD in some sense, yeah. Where it's like he, it's so ingrained in me, like please do not bring it up. It is going to to be more painful than what is already what I have in here, which is just the, the very sharp memory. So what is it? It's it. It's it. But what is it? What is uh, like he says, I remember just what it said. Mm-hmm. Is he talking about the song? Is he mean like, that's what the song meant to us? Or is it one of those like old school, like I read your letter kind of thing? <laughs> is I that a song I sang? I don't think so. That's not real. I got your picture. Um, (laughs) Different. I think it is literally because it is what the song said. And it is literally what this theoretically imaginary song. But like the the phrase is darling, I love you as we get it. He says it said, darling, I love you. And to get into the actual musicality of it, it's sang by backing vocalists. It's not sang by him. True. Which so, seems like, to serve the as like of the song. Yeah, like that. Literally, it going, "Darling, I love you." Is the memory of the song simultaneously being also the memory of what this uh, lover said to him? Right. They're mirroring, and that, and then I guess that makes it more of a connection because obviously you can say like, "Oh, this one song reminds me of a person because mm-hmm. you were listening to it with them or something." But like that could be any song theoretically. Like, it could be a song about a giant armadillo or whatever. Right. That exists. Um, but, <laughs> um, but yeah, if the song is a love song and you then associate the relationship with the feelings in the song, uh, it becomes a little stronger. Yeah. And, like, easy, simple statement could be from a hundred fucking songs, and it's something that a person would have said to him. It's like this lover would have said, yeah, darling, I love you. And yeah. so then he, he says, it said, darling, I love you. You know that you lied, darling, I love you. You know that you lied, darling, I love you. You know that you lied. Whoa, you lied. Whoa, whoa, you. whoa, whoa, you lied. And also those woes, I think, play into that, into the concept of the backing vocals being the memory of the, 
the song itself, this other song, where it's like those woes yeah, are also no, yeah, from definitely. that. Yeah, yeah. That's, a, that's a, I like that observation, because it does separate it a bit, makes it sound like it's, mm-hmm. a, it's part of his memory. But he's like, ah, but you lied. Yeah, exactly. Ooh. So in like Ooh. like you said, we're kind of like in his uh, his brain. Yeah, it almost feels like that that should be a direct pull from another song kind of thing. Yeah, and I didn't see that reference anywhere. No, you're right. If this was made today, it would be a sample of a yeah. song. But anyway, Alex, is there a reason you sent me a Wikipedia link to Tarkus? Yeah, that's the Armadillo song. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> 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 or I mean the album art anyway. Yeah, I, I see the the armadillo on the album art. Yeah. Okay, so you're right. Somebody could be thinking of Tarkus when they think of their lover, but here we're thinking of a song. We're thinking of an actual love song. Lover. I actually yeah. don't technically know that Tarkus isn't a love song, but I always suspected that it wasn't. I suspect it's more about an armadillo, but that's just based <laughs> on album art alone. Yeah. Um, I remember on our first date. You kissed me and you walked away. So we've moved on here. You kissed me and you walked away. You were only 17. I never thought you'd act so mean. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. yeah. We discussed this a couple weeks ago, didn't we? Um, yeah, with the, my Sharona. The like weird obsession of like popular musicians and weird obsession. How do I say this? We're, they're weirdly obsessed with 17 year old, usually women. Not always. Yes. I mean, not always. Actually, I'm thinking of uh, saw you standing there by the record machine. Knew you must have been about 17. That's right. A, you know, that's Joan Jett. I mean, I think she's talking about. I'm trying to remember. If there's anyway. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. The Beatles a, too. She yeah. was just 17. 17. You know what I mean? No, I don't. I don't. I mean, I kind of do, <laughs> but it has been like almost 60 years. So if you could clarify a bit, like. Yeah, just a touch. But um, yeah, it's just it's that I I I I mean I I kind of get it because you know you grow up in it, and it's like okay, there's some some reason that they consider seducing, just some air quotes there, young mm-hmm. women to be a good thing. Yeah, and this one like this one you could take it. Because he doesn't specify his age here. Benny That's King true. Himself they could was, both be very young. They could both be very young. Um, I guess the the real intention of the seventeen here is that there seems to be this idea. That's of, true. We did this like, too a couple weeks ago. We got off topic, but yeah. no, I I think I know. I shouldn't interrupt you because uh, you're talking. <laughs> but you think you know where I'm going? Where it's like because he yeah. said because it couples with I never thought you'd act so mean, which is like. You're so young and like sweet at that age right. while still being I guess I of guess age, I guess. I guess in all these examples, that's kind of the the point is is that they're 17, therefore they're like just old enough that it's not that weird, especially right. if it's the sixties. Um, but also they have this air of innocence in the public, in the you know. I'm going to say collective unconscious. Like, that was the idea. Yeah, that was the image. that's the idea. Which is, I like, yeah. Yeah. Like, if so, he's so also it, it, young, yeah, it just feels weird. Still fine. But, like, you imagine you're only 17. I never thought you'd act so mean coming from, like, Benny King was 22 when this came out. Or even, yeah. like, 25 if we're going, like, my Sharona age gap. That's a little bit fucked up to be yeah. like, well, I was targeting yeah. 17-year-olds because I thought they would be nicer to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, it's uh, it's the kind of line that that sounds weird. That is a, a predatorial or, line, or the sort of, like you you have your your disclaimer before the Disney short kind of kind of deal. Or yeah, it's the, like back in these like, days, there were different times and people thought things differently. So <laughs> just watch this and don't don't get mad at us on the internet. Yeah, or whatever. Disney's like you have to understand we were at war with the Japanese. And you're like, yeah, 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 yeah okay, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I guess. Feel like there's a, you went a few steps too far, but anyway. Um Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, what how do we reconcile this line? We I guess we just hope it's it's not sinister. Yeah, I mean that that's that's the the idea though, right? He says like, "Oh, we went on this date. It was like very nice." Like but they like left. They, you know. Where I say it's very nice, it doesn't seem very nice at all. Like mm-hmm. he was not expecting this 17 year old to be the one who left he's like i'm supposed to be have the power in this relationship but oh i don't yeah i guess and so yeah that's maybe your other like positive interpretations like the 17 year old is actually the one in power here yeah she decides to kiss him and then she walks away from it on her terms but again that's like that's me giving a lot of leeway to a song from 1962 yeah um, I do like in later versions, like when we hit the Aretha Franklin version, she changes it to I was only 17. Yeah, change the perspective. And I, yeah. mean, I mean, I guess. I'm trying to think if this is like in any way trying to like subvert anything and it's like, oh, the woman was actually the one who who left. Right. Kind of yeah. Thing. If it's some kind of like, like is wow. that is that like a girl power thing? Maybe. It also depends it's hard to on tell this- out of context. Yeah, and it's hard. Like, was this co-written by King's wife, or was it co-written by King? That's another like, yeah, true question. True. It's another coin toss. So, who knows? But yeah, there's your uh, your <laughs> second verse um, describing the scenario that brought pain. We understand that the song brings him pain. Here's why. Boom! Hit the chorus again. Do we um, let's read the "Baby, you told me you loved me" part? Um. Oh yeah, you said, "Darling, I love you," but baby, you lied. Darling, I love you. Oh, it's not in the genius lyrics. Oh no! You told me you loved what? me. You told me you cared. You said, "I'll go with you, darling, almost anywhere." Wait, is that in the song? That is. Yeah, that's in the yeah. first verse, isn't it? Oh no, is it? I'm on a different website because okay, I think it has yeah. the full lyrics. Now I'm second guessing this. Hold oh, up. that's it's at the end of the 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 genius it's, one. Yeah, I feel like genius kind of swapped things around a little bit. I yeah. didn't like it. Um, Let me just but find we it. do get something in that. So that verse, I think we're reading the same one here. Is go on and hurt me, baby. Do what you will, but baby, you told me you loved me. You told me you cared. You said I'll go with you, darling, almost anywhere. But darling, you know that you lied, 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 lied. Is that how it reads on the the site you're reading from too? Yeah, you told me you loved me. You told me you cared. You said I'll go with you, darling, almost anywhere. But baby, you know that I, you know that you lied. Yeah. I'm more interested in just before that where he says, go on and hurt me, baby. Do what you will. But baby, you told me you love me. So there's this idea there where he's like, it is okay to cause me pain, but the fact that you like set me up for a fall by telling me you loved me first is what hurts. It's like, is like the real damage. Yeah, I think, I feel like there must be a few versions of this where the lyrics are swapped around or something. Right. Something like that. Something like that. But anyway, I do, those I are do the words, though. Those are the words. Um, yeah, he he was told something by a lady one time, and she she lied to him, and now he can't listen to the hit song "Darling, I Love You." 
Brackets, whoa. Brackets, whoa. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I like. I actually like that part. Um, we'll talk about that, I'm sure, possibly right now. Right now, yes. Um, first thing to note, that bass line, who is Benny King's bassist? Because he's a fucking con artist. <laughs> <laughs> Because he, because it's it's just the other, it's just a different Benny King song. It's just a less dynamic version of the Stand by Me baseline. Yeah, that's weird. That's one of the. I don't know how that happened. Yeah. <laughs> like, hey, Two you know, tracks. The same baseline. It's not like it's just a about. sequel or anything. I don't think because sometimes no. they'll, you know they'll do that. They'll be like, ah, oh, this is peggy sue 2 or whatever and like there's right some, uh i actually don't know how similar those are but the point is or like a response song or something and then they'll use like yeah. a common riff or something like that but yeah it's like oh my other hit from like a year ago or whatever like let's just do that again bum bum yeah bum and like most of the covers don't use that for a couple of reasons one for of them is probably reasons. like people nowadays especially be like wait a minute they're just playing stand by me yeah and i wonder if it was just like a uh, again the sort of great american songbook style like just a staple of the era where it's like oh yeah you can bust out that bum 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 yeah or like he's like ah it's just some song that my boss and my wife wrote together yeah he's like here yeah just just knock that bass line out again and we'll just put it out i'm i'm just going to sing over it cuz it is a lot of vocals on this more so than anything else that's true yeah and there's so many versions of this song too. apparently Mm-hmm. Otis Redding has a version. John Lennon yeah. has a version. Muhammad yeah. Ali? How does, I didn't even know that that was that happened. Yeah, he uh, yeah, Sings? I didn't know that either. You were saying these ones and I'm like, "Fuck, I didn't do a good job on my research." <laughs> <laughs> like that's anyway. But yeah, it's very vocal focused. Yes. Um and of course, yeah, shares that baseline is weird. Oh, man. But yes, it does open with that bass line and there's like a shaker. Yeah. Kind of sound. And then like very light drum tapping. Yeah, some like hi-hat or maybe snare with brushes. Yeah, something something, something like super Or maybe hi-hat with brushes. Hi-hat with brushes. I believe that. Uh, and then like brushy. your classic just like one guitar sting per bar or per line. Mm-hmm. Bang. Bang. All right. There's yeah, a it's like here. very muted. Yeah. So really, really quick. And then strings to kind of fill out the space. Just a little bit, though. Just a touch. Just Well, especially at the start. Sounds mm-hmm. And, of course, it's 1962, so it's probably just, like, on the other side of the room kind of thing. Yeah. Um, limited recording tracks. So it's got that sound to it, but it's a little more <laughs> together than, like, that Cricket song we talked about. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, that was, oh, that's a couple months ago now. I was. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, see, I was, like, writing down, like, according to Genius, this is the chorus again, but it doesn't make any sense. Um, <laughs> so I have to skip by some of that stuff, because yeah, Genius yeah, yeah. is not being a genius this week. Genius. Genius. Um, what, else, what else happens here, man? Backup Which, vocals. Backup vocals. They're That's great. A big thing for me, because I mean, they they set up this like rhythm, which mostly stays like pretty kind of bum bum yeah. pretty constant, bum 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 bum. And it's like, ah, that's Stand by Me. Yeah, that's with uh, Will Wheaton's in that. Yeah, 
Um, I've never seen Stand By Me. <laughs> you seen Stand By Me? Yeah, I've seen it a couple times. I just watched it maybe a year or two ago. Oh, jeez. We watched it in a grade 10, like, religion class or something. Oh. I don't think I watched in religion class. Okay. What did I watch in religion class? I watched Brian's song. Did you watch Brian's song? No, I did not watch Brian's song. The remake. Anyway, I'm, let's not get into it. Let's not get into that. <laughs> it's probably best if we don't get into that. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, what's the rest? Like, actually, the chorus. I do like the back and forth on the chorus. Now, we, we already yeah. talked about that. Like, it sounds like he's kind of responding to an existing song. Mm-hmm. Darling, I love you. You know that you know that's lad. But I really do like right at the end there, because it gets a little faster. They mm-hmm. do that like, whoa, you know that you like whoa. Wow. Not quite that timing uh, that I did, but uh, it's like quicker and it kind of speeds up. So, you know, you kind of compress things in time, which always makes it feel like, oh, we're picking up now. What's next? And yeah, turns it's out a way a, of like chorus. Yeah, like it builds up. It's and like we said, it's a very vocal piece. So you, you got Benny King singing this whole time. He's got a great voice. He's got some performance behind him. Uh-huh. You told me you love me. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, you can't. It's, yeah, he's still. It's it. classic. It's very. It's. A, I guess. I mean, I I can only describe it as soul and R and B in the nineteen sixties. Yeah, in the nineteen sixties. So. Fucking a man. Yeah. Um. And like his sort of pain Ooh. vocals are contrasted by the more dreamy uh, backing vocals on that chorus. Darling, I yeah. Love so you. there's like several. Women, it sounds like. Yes. And then, okay, so what happens for a bit? Mm-hmm. There's like a little string section. Very yeah. high-pitched strings. One of the yes. nice things about it is we can actually hear the strings. It doesn't just sound like they're across the room. Yeah. Um, but it's also like that old-school, like you hear it in opening credits to movies, high-pitched strings. Yes. Just because, I don't know, recording technology, once again. It's got to come into okay. it. <laughs> I just realized that fucking string section, pretty damn similar to Stand By Me as well. Does that happen to Stand By Me also? Yeah. I'm not... Okay, so this is basically just Stand By Me again, but they put different lyrics on it. But they put different lyrics in. Which, like, fair enough, I guess. If you're going to sample anyone, sample yourself. Yeah, fuck it. Why not? <laughs> Pay yourself royalties. You've earned it. Stand by me too, colon. Don't play that song. Brackets. (laughs) Brackets. You lied. You lied. But Uh, yeah, there is that that instrumental section. I can't believe that. (laughs) Ripped himself off, man. Does he have to pay himself royalties now? Yeah. He's got to give himself a cut. Uh... He's also ad-libbing here, like, or, like, like, title ad-libbing, where, or it sounds like it. You know, saying, like, that you, you know that you lie. But, like, he could do that at any point, and, like, it'd be, or not do it. It wouldn't make a difference. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's such easy lines to chuck in anywhere. Don't play it no yeah. more. You know that you lied. Like, it's good hooks, basically. Yeah. Vocal hooks. Excuse me. Oh, yeah, he does a really good up where he goes, baby, please. <laughs> Yeah, no, he sounds nice. Sounds good. It's that, yeah, it's got this real like classic sheen to it, you know? Mm-hmm. That old school like we listened to, we talked about the drifters a while back and it's like similar sound. Which obviously yeah. he was a member of the drifters as well for a while. Which 
we talked about on the Drifters episode has changed substantially in its membership over the years. Oh, yeah. Classic Drifters. Um, yeah, a lot of the a lot of the song, like the build comes from his performance, but also like the volume gets louder, basically. Like, yeah, which, we get like that instrumental swelling. Yeah, which I say that, but it's like they're playing louder or harder or whatever, because mm-hmm. I'm sure they had like maybe a two track recorder kind of deal. Yeah, it was sixty-two. Would, would, so sixty-two. I don't think they had much in the way of four-track recording machines. Nope, but they did have a lot in the way of soul and R and B, baby. Oh, they did. They did. Yeah, no, great, great vocal performance. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what? I like "Stand by Me" too. So great instrumentals. Yeah, yeah. Why not? <laughs> um, yeah, it kind of does it for the original though. We're we're moving these covers hot and fast, starting yeah. with a cover in the same year. All the way over in Italy by Peppino Di Capri. The Capri? Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. Italian pop music singer songwriter, you know. pianist. Yeah, pop singer. Yeah, this is a pretty close version. Yes, it actually takes the bum 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 stuff, mm-hmm. which most of the other ones don't. Um, it does, and it kind of staccatos it up a bit. Yeah, what's weird about it? Okay, so the original had it does staccato it up. I agree with you one hundred percent. Yes, um, there's one thing that doesn't staccato it up. And ironically, that's like the most staccato part of the original, I think. And that's like there was that muted guitar sound in the original where they would play and mute very, very quickly. And that guitar part in this version is like not muted. So they like swapped it. (laughs) Right. It's a bit weird. It's a bit weird. It's not like that weird. But like, it's like, oh, we made everything shorter and quicker. And it very much has that sound. You know, you get that like, I say pizzicato. They're not all strings, but yeah, it's very staccato. Ooh, it's very cato. It's very cato. Um, yeah, and horns. Yeah, horns. Yeah, horns. And now. they're doing a. Yeah, it's like short little blasts on those horns. Do you call them blasts? Yeah, I I'll call them blasts. I call them blasts. Um, yeah, that's and a like, real like uh, like we just talked about the crickets a bit earlier, but like a real Buddy Holly inspired vocal performance. It's like in that era of rock. Some of that, like, uh, how would I describe this? How would you describe it, Alex? Like higher, higher voice. You know that you lie. Yeah, Yeah, with like a uh, bit of that. Is it uh, vibrato on there? Yeah, I would call it vibrato, vibrato, vibrations. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, it has that sound to it for sure. Yeah, so it is, like, as much as this is probably the safest version we're going to talk about today, it does, like, I want, and I also wonder, it could be a race record. I don't know how the Italians were about black people in 1962. It could also just be, like, this song hit in Italy, like, it hit number 10 on the charts there, and then these guys are like, we should play that song, it's dank. I think in 1962, at least in America, Italians were also not treated very well. (laughs) That's true, yeah. Maybe not in 62, but. I don't know. Certainly not today. We love making fun of Italians. Yeah. Um, there's this sound that I kind of like 
because yes. it's like very much like an old school thing uh where like a lower but not that low brass instrument does like this kind of rumbly thing yeah just, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah like buzzy sound uh, yeah exactly yeah, it is like brown ah. levels of like ah. of sax playing yeah you don't hear that much these yeah. days but it is Good it stuff. is here i'm on board and this one has a saxophone solo Yes. So that's cool. But the the saxophone solo is where things start to feel a little different um, mm-hmm. because it feels less staccato. Everything kind of feels like it opens up leading into that solo. Yes. Even on those drums, like literally open, you're hitting like yeah. open hi-hat or cymbals there. And it's, yeah, we're getting a little flow here. You know me, I love a good sax solo. Love a good sax solo, love a good flow. Uh, so that's interesting that it changes up the feeling in that way. Um, what's also... Mm-hmm. Maybe not weird, but um, when they come out of it, they kind of slow down. So that's like yeah. two minute mark to like two o five, like across that time range. You can kind of feel the slow down. You can feel of it. the tempo shift, yeah. Um, which, I, I mean, I guess it's not like it doesn't seem purposeful, but some old recordings, you know, if you don't it's have almost, you, they like don't have they were they don't have the pulse, yeah. you know. You don't yeah, have they were this close clip. to discovering like. 80s rock and roll with those drums and sax solo yeah. and then they remembered what time they were in and like slowed down I'm like all right chill everybody we, we gotta calm down it's we're italy the, the in precipice. the 1960s yeah but yeah you get that you get a little bit of jangly guitar in here and you get a, a definite finish on this one you get your actual like this is where the song yeah, concludes like a walk down and a chord mm-hmm. at the end and we didn't really talk about the end of the original did we it fades out either way it fades out yeah so yeah it's uh i don't know it's another song that feels like old school pop music i guess a little more pop maybe yeah it's and just like a different it's very much not soul and rb it's more in the realms of like rock and roll of that era slash almost like kind of got like a big bandy thing going on yeah with those horns especially but it is yeah it's a yeah different... i don't know if there's enough horns but there's horns <laughs> there's certainly horns yeah it's it's different pop music mm-hmm. which seems almost arbitrary but comparing it to like even vocally like his sing-songy style here it doesn't have that same like punch and desperation and like sorrow in it that the benny king version has yeah yeah that's definitely true there is like a real balance to be struck in the song and uh, people struggle with it of the funness of the song. Cause it is a 60s pop song, even when it's still an R and B and, and the sorrow of it. And it's like balancing those elements is yeah. tough. And some people come out on one side or the other. Yeah. But what's interesting is you can be fairly successful without like necessarily zone. balancing yeah. it perfectly or mm-hmm. anything like that. Cause it, it all kind of works. Yeah, because like even this version, yeah, it's fun. Yeah, yeah. Lad, 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 lad. You're like, oh yeah, this is. It's yeah. Good and according to this album, it's an Italian masterpiece. So, hey, or maybe he's an Italian masterpiece. He is. I tried to Google Translate what Pepino de Capri means. It means Pepino of Capri. <laughs> <laughs> oh look, he's affectionately known as the Italian Buddy Holly. Hey, I don't know why that- I didn't read this description before. I know, but, sometimes I'm just like, okay, he's some fucking Italian, yeah, alright, ta- let's, Italian let's listen to the song right. now. Um, yeah, he's the Italian Buddy Holly, and he's 83. Ooh, wee, ooh, I'm the Italian Buddy, buddy Holly. Holly. <laughs> That's good. I got another follow-up line. Bonjourno and your Mary Tyler Moore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, that sounds right. <laughs> that's, that's a good parody. 
Uh, speaking of people who aren't doing parodies, Aretha Franklin, 1970. Aretha. Franklin. This the is Queen also like Soul. the Queen of Soul. This is like a, the big hit version too. This one was yes. number one. We sometimes talk about versions where like the public consciousness like shifts as to what the song is. This is one of those that establishes yeah. itself as either the shifts as to what it is or shifts to notice it exists. Yes. <laughs> Although the other one was a decent hit. Eight was a decent ago. hit. And it's one of his like big three. So he's got stand by me, stand by me too. Don't play that song brackets. You lied. And then he's got Spanish Harlem, which <laughs> yeah. I can only assume also has the same instrument. Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> but like it's yeah. On a, I don't know, Spanish instrument. Yeah. It's a Spanish Nailed guitar. It. And <laughs> you could have just said Spanish guitar. And you would have <laughs> I, f- I fucked up. You landed that plane. Uh, You're like Spanish <laughs> instrument. Mm. Oh, what do they play in Spain? What do they play in Spain? Oh, this well, is like marimba. Anyway, not important. On on this track, Alex is also the Dixie Flyers. Yeah, the Dixie Flyers. Which looking them up just brought me to Sammy Creason's Wikipedia page. Yeah, right. Who's I believe a member. <laughs> yeah, so they're another like stu- They're not the Wrecking Crew, but they're. Uh, when you can't afford the Wrecking Crew, maybe you get the Dixie Flyers, who are right. also a pretty similar good idea band. in that. Yeah. yeah, they're like a, a a band, but like they exist to support other bands, kind of thing. Yes, usually, I guess in the studio. In the but, studio, but maybe yeah. Maybe they play live too. I don't know, man. They play live, live, but it's live, also live, Aretha Franklin. Live. We already mentioned Queen of Soul. Yeah, she's a pretty big deal. Um. And I, like, know three Aretha Franklin songs. Yeah, well, we talked about her cover of Adele's uh, Rolling in the Deep Deep when she was, like, wicked old. Yeah, but that was, like, recent. That was, like, 2016 or something like that. So it's, like, fair enough. She's doing a good job. But also, like, she's up against some hot competition, and she is, like, in her 70s. So Yeah. This is Um, prime... Aretha Franklin. That's I right, because we're talking Aretha Franklin, greatest song of all time, according to Rolling Stone, R-E-S-P-E-C-T, a cover. Yeah. It's called Respect. It's not actually called R-E-S-P-E-C-T, but I, I said it that way. I'm a fool. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I know that. I now know this. I know is Son of a Preacher Man, hers originally. Uh, I don't know, man. Okay, Alex. Well, you said you knew three Aretha Franklin songs. I thought I'm going to hit one of them. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you know her, the Queen of Soul. And that's it. That's official. Legally, she is the Queen of Soul. We'll be talking about some people with Queen names later who don't legally have them. So, <laughs> <laughs> look forward to that. All right. What's going on in this one, Alex? What What's happening? What is happening in this one? Okay. So, oh, this hang on. Is wait. Like... I have one more random fun fact. This okay. one also hit number eleven on the pop charts, the exact same spot that the Benny King, King version got eight uh, years prior. So this okay. one hit number one in like R and B charts or something like that. Yes, and eleven yeah. on the pop charts. Okay, not bad, Aretha. Not, not bad. bad. I think this Aretha. I think this Aretha Dame's got something to her. Um, <laughs> She's a real up and comer. Anyway, um, yes. So the arrangement. The arrangement yes. is totally new. Yes. Totally new. It's not just Stand By Me anymore. And it's kind of... I mean, there's kind of two parts to it, right? There's like there's like an intro and like the parts they play with this piano because there's this new like piano part. Mm-hmm. 
And then there's this actually like pretty upbeat, like fun to me anyway, uh, parts with like a walking bass line. Yes. Boom, doom, 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 boom, boom, boom. Yeah. Yeah. Again, like talking about that balance between drama and like having a good time to this pop music. Yeah. That piano intro is drama. And then you hit her singing with this uh, like bouncy walking bass line and like that's fun. So it's <laughs> that's how she strikes the balance. Yeah. That's what I thought. So that's what I thought. That was a weird sentence. Yeah. Um, a little jangly guitar coming in on the the right headphone. Yeah, it's probably a name for that rhythm. Yeah, probably. I'm always sometimes I see or hear rather people talk about music and they're like, and this is uh, this named rhythm. Like, oh shit, man! I just do the like. It sounds like a ticka ticka. They're like, actually, it's called a some like Latin word. Cool, cool. So like, rhythms have names. Is my point. But I don't know them. You saying. don't know it. Um, um, there's more like strings and stuff. Of course, we're talking strings. about the walking bass line. There's a few like transitions. It gets a nice like walk down on the bass. It's good stuff. Yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah, the bass has a lot of fun. It does like it's having tons of fun. We got a nice sort of gospel style backing vocals here too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they're backing her up right from the start. Though she they go, oh no, oh no. She says, oh no. Like oh, it's no. yeah. Big energy on this too, so that's and it's a good song to have big energy because one, it's a fun song, but also two, it's a sorrowful song. So you can you can put that pain into those those vocals, put that energy to use. Just, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, sorry, I'm just listening to the bass line. There's like the bass, like it's a walk. We talked about the walking bass line. Yes, it's a walking bass line. You know what it sounds like. But what this one has is like a lot of flourishes. Even for a walking bass line. This guy is like doing, I guess, licks. I don't know exactly what you'd refer to it as, but like, you know, uh, ornamentation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of it. Just, yeah, a lot of like, yeah, little features here and there. But you were talking about the backup vocals and they largely fill the same role. Yes. For the most part, yeah, just a different style. It's like updated, right? It's 1970 now. Yeah. It's been almost 10 years. But they don't really, like, at least at first, it's not the same. I guess I said they fill the same role, but that's a lie. At least at the start, because they're not doing the uh, the same lines. They're not doing yeah, the they uh, don't Darling Yeah, because they don't wait until you. the chorus, yeah. So they're coming in, they're punching up certain lines in the verse, and then they come in in the same effect. In your chorus. Um, the chorus, similar to that buildup you talked about on the original, except instead of using this they sped up uh, vocals, mm-hmm. they do just big horns. Big horns come in, and they build us up. Yeah. I mean, you, if you got them, use them. It's 1970. Mm-hmm. They had technology in 1970. They'd invented exactly. technology by 1970. Unfortunately, 1962 is too early. Um... Yeah. But yeah, you come in with that brass joins in, stays on later. Um, and then in that verse, that's where you get that I was only 17 lyrical change. That's right. You also get a Hey Mister. Hey Mister. Gotta love those get, Hey Mister. Gotta love a good Hey Mister. And, uh... Oh, right. Yeah, also in the second verse, there's they do like a call and response, but it's like with the horns. With the horns, yeah. Yeah, that's fun. That's cool. 
Yeah, that's pretty good. And uh, man, they, oh, and then I mentioned the uh, like the piano part, right? The piano yes. part comes back. Um, that's right. It kind of does a breakdown into at the in the later section. That's right. Just like redoes the that start. So yeah, and then it kind of comes back up. Big outro. Yeah, big outro. That's a classic. Pull it all away and then bring it back twice as hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how does this song feel overall? I mean, it it feels very. It feels more showy a little bit. Yeah. Um. It feels like it's kind of got those two halves we talked about. It's got the the slower piano part that's a little more mm-hmm. melancholy, and then the more like fun upbeat part. Or at least that's the way it feels to me. Yeah. I mean, she's the, these fucking horns in the outro go like. She's like, you lad, you lad, we're having a good time. She didn't sing that part, but like, (laughs) feels like a good time. So I guess, I mean, in that way, it can feel like assertive, you know? Yes. She's kind of taking control of this relationship. And he's like, no, no, you lied to me. So yeah, she's she's finding power and and trying to move on. It's a little more triumphant, but there's some perhaps. And maybe there's some element of like, we've all been, we all probably have a song in some sense that reminds us of a time, whether it's a person or, you know, what have whatever, some betrayal, some negative experience, right? Yeah. Anything. We've all been lied to. We've all been lied to or told lies. By by the government, man. Man. (laughs) Oh, man. Saw some chemtrails the other day. I don't think chemtrails are very popular conspiracy anymore. No? I don't know. If we rebrand them, call them chemtrails. Chemtrails. People are like, what's yeah, that? Yeah, they're like, oh, that's the new thing. I'm like, yeah, it's spelled the same, but it's completely different. Yeah, let's do it. But actually, instead of that, we should probably talk about the next version. Yes. By uh, Datuk Sherifa Aini. I don't know how to pronounce that. Sharifa, maybe? Like, Sharifa Sharifa don't like it? Sharifa. I don't know. I I think that's that's Jewish, and this is Malaysian. She's Malaysian. The year is 1981. A Malaysian female singer is is doing this. Yeah, allegedly. uh, Well, okay. So I looked looked her up and had to, like, Google Translate the page. Yeah. Oh, no, I didn't. Did I? Did you? The one that says she won a talent show in 1968? I did not Google Translate this page. But apparently, because it's just Wikipedia. Yeah, sure. Yeah, it's, it that. calls her like a national songstress, songstress, but it also says after this other person, who is another, oh wait, yeah, another Malaysian singer who died in like 86 or something. So at this time, it sounds like she was not the national songstress yet. Oh, she was an okay. uh, uh, understudy to the National Songstress. An understudy to the National um, songstress, songstress. But that's not a real title, so. Yeah, so get out of here with that nonsense. <laughs> it's nonsense. Yeah, but this one, I mean, for being in 81, I'm impressed at how 80s it feels. Yeah. Um, they just hit the ground running, apparently, in Malaysia. Um, it's yeah, like yeah. there's big saturated sounds on these like electric pianos or maybe it's a synthesizer um, yeah. and it just feels just so much busier. Yeah. And it like it is really hitting that like 
sad 80s ballad <laughs> yes like right off the it feels <laughs> so much sadder <laughs> yeah like there's just like wailing guitar riff. yeah even two guitars maybe it's two guitars, yeah. doubled yeah and yeah like this this that synth yeah. all the synth riff like between lines yeah. just like every line she like says a thing and then it's and what a, I Man. mean, you know, I like the 80s, so I fucking love that scene. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm into it. Um, but I was, imp- yeah, surprised by, like, just going from, like, we've jumped a decade now. And it's yeah. like, it just feels so different. We've truly, like, jumped. Like, um, it is. <laughs> we're yeah. in the 80s now, baby. Yeah. Kind of an interesting electric guitar sound on there. It has, like, a bit of a buzz on the low end. Yeah. Um, what do you, do her vocals remind you of anyone? Do you have someone in mind? I have in mind that they remind me of someone. Oh. <laughs> That's as far as it goes. Yeah, but I also can't put my finger on You also on don't it know who. It's I see like, what you mean. You know that you lied. It's like, uh, I don't fucking know. Did we talk about? Would I'm just trying to think if it's just some random artist we talked about, or if it's like someone I would know well. Maybe I'm trying to think. It feels to me like maybe somebody like '60s based, like somebody like soft '60s. Yeah. No, I can see what you mean, but I'm not sure exactly what it is. Um. But I would say I was really trying to describe this one without just like going through it chronologically. And I found that difficult for some of the previous ones, but not so much for this one. Um, yeah, because I feel like I kind of get it more. And uh, yeah, it's just like it has a more melancholy or sad feel overall. And it really sounds like like it's this like regretful ballad now. Yeah, almost a bit like uh, not fully, but like last Christmas. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, a little yeah. bit of that. Just like thinking back more so, which makes sense mm-hmm. in the context of the song for sure. Uh, but it's a different mood than the yeah. other versions. Yeah, it is like moody '80s ballad, synth reliant, but with like some other vocalist on it. Some strange. I liked. It. I like this version because it like it hits that era and that. That stimulates the part of my brain that dis- dispenses dopamine. Alex is on the search. I am on the search. Who are you putting in there? Who does Datuk Sharifa Aini sound like? Yeah, I'm just trying some old Some random artists. names. Like, 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 you know that you lied. Is it John anyway, Baez? we'll figure it out. It's not. I just checked John Baez. You just checked? That yeah. was my first <laughs> guess. <laughs> Uh, I'm trying to remember. Can't remember. It's not Dusty Springfield either. No, is it like old Cher? It's like uh, Sonny and Cher, Cher. I don't think Cher like uh, Cher like always sounds like Cher though. So that's true. Is it Sonny? <laughs> yep, yeah, I got you, babe. <laughs> yeah, maybe. No, it's not um, Cher either. Okay. Um, Next, I'll version? tell you who it's definitely not yeah. is Mariah Carey. In definitely not Mariah Carey. Yeah, Mariah Carey, early 90s. This is from an album that released in 2020 called The Live Debut, 1990. Okay, so this is her at a place called The Tattoo Club. 
Um, she tr- she recently tried to trademark the Queen of Christmas. Um, oh she was yeah, and that. Princess Christmas, which is oh, better. Yeah. She tried quite a few, uh, but Just apparently that wasn't possible. Yeah, some like one person apparently raised. They were like, "Hang on, I've been the Queen of Christmas since." Fucking 1945 or something. It's Mrs. And Claus. It's Mrs. No. Claus, yeah. <laughs> and then, like, her team of lawyers never, like, counter rebuttaled or whatever you do in, in trademark cases. So they, oh. you know, she just got flat out denied. So she just, like, tried to file. Someone said, hey, actually, I've also been that. And they were like, well, shit. Well, yeah, they're like, we're up. stumped. Like, all right, fair enough. I mean, <laughs> she's honestly, got us. It's better than it being, like, a weird, long, protracted legal battle that just makes Mariah Carey look like an asshole. Battle for the Queen of Christmas. <laughs> Quite frankly. But, like, it sounds like she can probably just keep calling herself that regardless. Right? Yeah. Right? I mean, yeah, like, she can do it. She just can't, like, sell Queen of Christmas merchandise, Oh, I yeah, guess. maybe that's it. I think um, Princess Christmas is better. Because it rhymes. Yeah. Christmas Rhyme. Princess, maybe? Who knows? A Christmas Prince. Hey. <laughs> oh, hey. I saw an article that had all of the um, Christmas movies that are releasing on Netflix this year, and there's like oh, so yeah. many. Hey, there's, there's so one that dropped with uh, Lindsay Lohan in it. Yeah, and one of them is Lindsay Lohan in it. Yeah, I've put that on our, uh, our list for December films. But That's uh, good. Let's talk more about how this is a cover of the original. No, let's Frank. talk about our own random stuff. Let's that talk the about our own personal know lives. So Aretha yeah. Franklin. Aretha Franklin. She, she covers a song. Definitely an Aretha Franklin cover. 20 years later, cover. Mariah Carey says, I'm going to cover the Aretha Franklin version. Yeah. With some, I mean, some uh, unique properties, let's say. Because yeah, it's like, a very similar arrangement, but like, feels a bit tighter, a bit faster. Um, it's Mariah Carey, so you get some of those like showy runs. Yes. You know, not a ton like not it's not a, insanely but like it's kind of a weird point sometimes like yeah. times i wouldn't expect her to jump in with a like ah, ah, like thing that's how she gets you that's yeah. how she didn't like, earn the title oh mariah <laughs> yeah i mean she she's got to be less predictable she used to know how to do it i don't know what i don't know what happened um and it's got this organ too that's right which i mean you know i love it when they throw an organ in it's got a real organ sound to it you know i just love it when the organ cuts in it just feels like it's really digging into the mix oh yeah that's just organ can do that and it does it it does it pretty and she's got uh r&b dudes doing the backing vocals instead of ladies yeah and so, yeah, uh, firmly rooting this in the night. Did you watch the the live video of the performance? Oh, I didn't see there was a live video of the performance. There is. You can see the dude with like his like Jerry curls and his gold chain wearing a black sweater, and you're like, "This is 1991, all right." <laughs> oh, baby! <laughs> this man Tattoo. is of the era. It rocks. Oh, it it yeah. looks like a fun show. <laughs> oh yeah, man. Um, craziest like. It's a pretty solid performance. Everybody's on point. The craziest thing is when she goes so high that her voice turns into like a dog whistle. Yeah, that's her whistle register thing. But it almost yeah. sounds like she doesn't quite. I feel like I've heard her do it better. Yeah, it sounds like a, like a a mistake here. Yeah, it's kind of. Did I write it? Yeah, it doesn't sound quite right. I I don't have a comparison. But like I've heard her, and then she puts her finger in her ear. You know, to push your mm-hmm. ear piercing or whatever, and then she pulls does out a like big really piece high. of wax. 
Yeah, pulls that big piece of ice. It's like, shit, that explains why I couldn't hear anything. Puts a wick uh, in there, lights it. She's a real performer. Now she's Shrek. <laughs> oh, here we go. The but yeah, so you're around like 2.30, she gets that, that whistle thing going on. Yeah. But I, I agree. It's it feels like she kind of went for it, didn't quite get it, and was like, you know what, that was fine. I'm just gonna. It keep feels going like when it. I try to go falsetto and miss. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, it's relatable. It's relatable. This is the for most sure. vulnerable we've seen Mariah Carey since the Emancipation Ever. of Mimi. I don't know if that's true. I don't. I just know one Mariah Carey album name. Well, two. Okay, that's one the Emancipation the of Mimi. Debut, hey, yeah, you got, you got two under your belt now, Alex. Yeah. Um, and then she says thank you once the song's done. Like it's yeah, it's exactly what you kind of want from a Mariah Carey version. Yeah, it's a good like energetic thing. It's got the fun of the Aretha Franklin version for sure. Uh, mm-hmm. And then they kind of add. Oh, there's another thing. There's like a, a she like does a drop down in the second verse, kind of little mini build. So like oh, yeah. a little more dynamic in that way. But maybe that's just more modern for 1990. Right? Yeah, maybe. Um, and. Uh, yeah, just a good energetic live version that is very, very much a, a Aretha Franklin cover. Yes. Um, we're going to move into the year 1997 I have here. Uh, Alex, what do, you, do you know how that umlaut hits this name? Uh, that wanna, is a wanna, tilde. That's tilde? Shit, First of bad. all, it's a little, a little squiggly. Um, so he's Vietnamese, as far yes. as I can tell, because Vietnamese uses like a ton of accents in there script i don't know the exact history of it but there seems to be like there was a vietnamese script and then they kind of adapted like latin scripts to be vietnamese or something i'm not sure exactly how that worked um i don't know how to pronounce it but according to the internet it is a mid-rising glottalized uh vowel or whatever and i don't speak a tonal language so i don't know how that works okay i just don't want to call him johnny poop so uh, yeah so i don't know how to pronounce that but it's like in mid-rising so i don't know if it'd be like johnny dong or like something like that yeah johnny dong or like i don't dong, know yeah so like i i might just call him johnny yeah uh, johnny d <laughs> in johnny 1997 d. it's spelled uh, d-u-n-g And then the U has a little tilde on it. Tilde on it. Which, like, as far as I know, in Spanish, tilde is, like, nasalized, but I don't think they put it on the U. I think they just put it on an N. Anyway, the point is, don't know how to say it. But I did hear something interesting from a teacher I had one time about Mm -hmm. singing in a tonal language. Because, like, singing in English, you don't really have to worry too much about stresses and so well a little bit but like you can play around with stresses and stuff and in tonal language you can like change the meaning of a word significantly by doing right so i think you can like play around with like wordplay and stuff just by changing um how you say the word right on an almost like musical level yeah and and because music yeah you can you're literally changing the tone right in some cases so I don't know how that works, but it seems like a really interesting concept, right? Yeah. Like, that's something I wish I knew more about. Mm-hmm. And uh, speaking of interesting concepts, this version, which has the feeling of, like, like a karaoke kind of style hit. <laughs> kind of. 
it kind of. like really brings to mind like mm. like the like a CRT with like uh, one of those music videos playing on it. Yeah, with the lyrics and, coming by, and the lyrics coming on this. It is so sh- like strongly accented in that way. It's I don't know. It's quite phenomenal in that sense that it takes me to uh, like, like that nostalgia place. for something I've never had yeah. in my life. <laughs> Yeah, it's an interest. It's an interesting rendition. Um, mm-hmm. That there are some similarities with the uh, Datuk version. Yes, they're both from Southeast Asia. Not that the countries are like that close, but you know, they're both in Southeast Asia, um, and they both have a kind of saturated feeling to them. Yeah. Um, this one sounds like a soft focus lens, you know. Yes, <laughs> and I mean, looking at the album art, it checks out, right? Yes. So it really brings you to that place. He kind of has more of like a crooning type sound. Yeah, he's very voice. singing quite deep. And, and it's like... Yeah. Uh, this one also has a saxophone. Hell yeah. It's mostly in the back. It might actually be a synthesizer. A synth, sax synth. But it might just be like really processed. Um, oh yeah. But I guess the really interesting thing about this one is that he sings both verses twice. That's right. But the second time in, I assume, Vietnamese. Yeah, I'm assuming Vietnamese. Um, which is interesting. Unfortunately, I think it makes the song a bit long. Yeah, we're at 434 yeah. for this one. It is certainly the longest. It's not actually the longest. Oh, you're right. But it's, not. it's up there. It's Unfortunately, up there. because it's literally repeating it, like, I get why you do that. Mm-hmm. It's just. As a as a monolingual person, it 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 just feels a bit long, and I don't think his voice is like quite Mm -hmm. interesting enough to support a long version that is in this way more focused on the vocals. Fair, I liked I liked his voice on this. Okay, I mean it's fine. It's not. It's got a nice voice. I just didn't think it's a nice voice. It's quite unlike any of the other artists we're talking about. That's also true. And then hearing him, like, you might be right, maybe don't double up, but I think hearing him hit it in Vietnamese was very cool. It is also, yeah, it is cool to have that in there. Um, The guitar was a bit odd. Yeah, the it's guitar like kind of rips in out of in nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, just, I guess it doesn't feel out of place or anything. But like it's it it's got quite a bit of like breaking up going on in the guitar. Um but this is another one that has like that uh melancholy feel to it. Mm-hmm. I wonder if there was because it is like Vietnam versus Malaysia, like I wonder if the other version influenced in any way. Yeah. I'd be curious. But yeah, it is like you said, it's very uh processed. Like that sax is highly processed. There's like these chimes and like this sort of light belly synth. Like it's all. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of like really bright sounds. Mm-hmm. Put through the like filter, you know. Saturated. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of EPs and synthy stuff. And uh, nope, that's all I had. Yeah. No, it is like. Feels more strikingly representative of, of a, yeah, like a soundscape, <laughs> an era, a, a style, a place. It yeah. is pretty interesting for that reason i think i like i like the little chime riff that yeah i guess that's also kind of like what the synth synth did in the datuk version yeah very different synths though very different yeah 
but still definitely synth so, heavy. Yeah, yeah, it is, I guess, definitely a very interesting version. I, I would never accuse it of being anything else. Yeah. But you're right, maybe you could tighten it up a bit. Yeah, but, I mean, uh, at least for me, just listening to it, I lose interest. Maybe I'm just impatient right now. Fair enough. I ate too much sugar or something. I gotta do the next thing! Gotta do the next thing, and that next thing, my man, is Beverly Knight in 2016. Beverly Knight's an English singer. Mm-hmm. Um, who sings more in the like American soul style? Yeah, boy. And uh, has an MBE. She is a member of the most excellent order of the British Empire. <laughs> oh, Mr. Excellent. So, I mean, I think that's the closest thing to an actual queen we've got on this list. That's right. She's at least met a queen. Yeah, although Bruce, Bruce Springsteen has identified as King B in the past. This is true. We did hear him do that. Anyway, Beverly Knight, also an Aretha Franklin cover. Yes. For sure. Uh, this one's also on the long side. In fact, this is the longest version. It's almost five yes, minutes right. long. Um, but I just thought that her voice carries this one a little better. Oh, yeah. Like, it's mostly keys and her singing. Yeah. And that can be a recipe for disaster. But when you have these kind of pipes, you can get away with it because this is very good. Yeah, but and she's got other stuff in the back. She's got backup singers. She's got horns, Mm -hmm. you know. It's, It's also... It doesn't have the, like, upbeat nature of the Aretha Franklin version. So it does feel quite a bit different. It feels more on the melancholy side and she's right. singing pretty hard too and she's got uh some of that like regret sound yeah yeah absolutely and she's yeah she's got a great range and yeah she's punching energy into this this melancholy version and i think also uh, some mariah carey well i'd say some mariah carey influence but that hadn't been released yet so i wonder if that was available in some form Previously. Well, yeah, she might have like maybe a bootleg or a bootleg, just a different live album or something. But I think that's also just the style of maybe, yeah, that might just. Oh, I'm just only saying that because of the organ, mostly. Yeah, oh yeah, that's fair organ. But I think that you get. I mean, that could be coincidence. True, just like you have an organ player in your band because you're like a soul slash R and B band. It's like, yeah, okay, I guess he needs something to do, or they need something to do. I should. Yeah, think. yeah, yeah. Uh. But yes, and the other thing, again, to compare to our, our friend Johnny, the pace, I thought, maybe matched the, the length a bit more, because mm. it's not just longer, it's also slower Yeah, to match like, that, as opposed to just do, repeating yourself, which is, again, interesting in its own way, but makes for it For sure, a it's long. about, like, big, heavy, like, powerful yeah. singing, powerful, like, just notes, like, even the horns yeah. are like, bum, 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 bum. Yeah. like it's it's all about this like sort of slow march rather than something a little quicker yeah and feels a little more dynamic than i guess a lot of the other versions which vocally can be like a little even compared to this one at least like this one's got like oh yeah like sweeping highs high highs low lows exactly so they're really going for the dynamics i think 
Absolutely. And we like sit like even at the end of that course, she's like, you lied. And we like sit in that. And it's like, okay, we're going to, yeah, it's dramatic. You got to think about it. Yeah. Very dramatic. Think about that. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, this one's well built. Mm-hmm. Um, psh. yeah, good stuff. I'm just, anything else? Yeah, I mean, they, like, yeah, this is a cool, like, drop down for that second verse. Yeah. Uh, and to, like, break down to just back to the piano and vocals, and then in the end, which I think happened in the Mariah Carey version, if I remember that correctly. Oh, I think you are remembering Am I making that up? Alex. Yeah, she drops down the second verse just a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then, like, just goes wild for the ending. But also in her style, which was a little less of the fun side of it. A little more yes. of the, Yeah, thoughtful, regretful stuff. So, yeah. Th- yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this is one you can really be be upset about this song playing. It's, <laughs> it's good stuff. Yeah. Um, but you can't be upset about Bruce Springsteen in the year 22, because he's still kicking, baby. Yeah, no, I mean, some people are upset, but that's like ticket prices, and that's a whole other Oh, issue. yeah, that's upset at Ticketmaster. Yeah. Something's got to happen. You heard about this Taylor Swift fiasco? I don't know the details, but I know there's an antitrust lo- uh, thing happening. That's good, because they now have shuttered out general sales on Taylor Swift, so you can only get in if you've got a pre-sale code, which, I mean, those pre-sale codes are not well-guarded secrets, as anyone might know. Yeah, I don't know. I'm th- pretty sure we got pre-sale for Springsteen, so... Yeah, I, you, and we were on a list, but honestly, if you'd gone the day you were looking at tickets and just Googled Bruce Springsteen pre-sale, like Seattle or whatever, like, oh, you'd have found available. the code. Oh, yeah. Yeah. people post them on sites, because if you don't have access to wherever that pre-sale information is, you're like, hey, Yeah, I guess I, I forgot it? that it was a code and thought that was just, like, a link or something, but I guess links no. can be shared, too. Links can be shared, and, like, yeah, it's not really an effective system. It's, yeah. It's a what? false security to let Ticketmaster jump up really, prices. Well, I won't make any accusations. I will. Uh, in a public Come forum. Come at me, Ticketmaster. Um, but, all right, Bruce Springsteen, he covered this song. That's why we're talking about it. Yes. That's why we know this song exists. It's because Bruce Springsteen made this album of covers. That's right. It's, our it's boy pretty Bruce. much karaoke. All right, let's get to our final verdict. Yeah. <laughs> <I'm kidding. laughs> Old soul songs, possibly because he himself is an old soul. Hey, look possibly. at you. He's an old guy. He's an old guy. Um, anyway. Yeah, this one's just like a fun time. This is one's full on like a full time. Yeah, they really time. go for the fun thing. You know, it's it's like it's a big kind of I, big version, you know? It's got the whole band out. Yeah. I used the wrong hole here. Hang on, let me fix my typo. Got the whole band out. There's plenty of, like, brass and, of course, the guitar and everything, so it's like rock and roll band plus, plus, plus. Um, you might even call it huge, but maybe not. I mean, that's up to you. Um, yeah, and it it's... I would say more in the Aretha Franklin style. It doesn't have, like, the bass line from the original. It does the walking bass line. Um, yeah. But instead and, of having that piano opening, it's just that big bombastic string yes. descent. Yeah, it doesn't do that piano part, so it doesn't have that same trade-off. Um, and then, 
He has a spoken word section near the end. Yes, he does. I remember those summer nights down by the shore as the band played with you in my arms and we moved across the floor, that floor. Yes. Then, darling, you went away. Well, all I've got to say is I don't care if you lied. Let's dance. Let's dance. So he does kind of undercut the song. Yeah, his, I mean, his idea, like there's this regret and looking back, but it's also like, oh, it was such a long time ago, you know? Uh, that's what I'm getting out of it, because obviously, as mentioned, Bruce Springsteen, old guy. He's in the 70s. Yeah, I guess maybe he that's is in conversation old. with the age of himself in the song, yeah. too, where he's like, hey. So now he's like, hey, you know what? It was a long time ago. Maybe it's time we can forget about it, because all that matters is let's dance and let's have a fun time. And I think that checks out a lot like with the other things I've heard Bruce Springsteen say about yeah. mostly how he likes to have fun. Mostly how oh, yeah. his idea of music was like, how can we have fun with this? And that's and even on this, he said he wanted to make an album where he just sang. So he's like, I legit just yeah. want to have a good time here. Yeah. And then Try release it because I like these songs. And maybe he has arthritis or something. I don't know. Yeah. And having listened to this album a couple times, I do think like the better performances are on the songs where he just kind of like cuts loose and is like, we're just going to, it's a big fun song. We're going to have big mm-hmm. fun with it. Like that's what makes this one play. I think that's why I released it as a single too, is because it's got it's got good energy behind it. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely yeah. It's and like this like kind of pseudo live thing going on too. Like he's talking to either the audience or the band or whatever. Yeah. Well, did you watch the music video? I did watch the music video. Yeah. So I don't know if that is just a video or if that was the actual performance. But it's straight up just Bruce Springsteen in a room with like 20 fucking people. And he's like, let's yeah. get the band going. Like a microphone. Let's go. Let's get the band going. You know that you lied. Yeah. Darling, I love you. And like, I watched that. I just thought like, how fucking cool must it be to be in that room? <laughs> to-, <laughs> to be in that room. That would be very cool. Just to be like, okay, Bruce Springsteen's telling me to fucking play strings or whatever I'm doing here. And it rocks. Like, what a good time. What a yeah. good time. Yeah. Um, it's also like, I think, I know, there was like a, was there an actual movie, a Western Stars movie? That yes. like Springsteen co-directed? Yeah, I feel like he's been just like, he bought a bunch of film or something. He's been like filming stuff. <laughs> he's like, I gotta use up this film. Like, you can see it's like, it's like a really wide aspect ratio. Okay, yeah, so yeah. I, I believe that's like movies aspect ratio. That checks out to me. That's funny to think that he's just like, well, I got all this film lying around. Yeah. yeah <laughs> got to keep filming one. stuff in black and white. Um, or I don't know. I don't know. But it really seems like he's a bit more into movies than I thought, which is cool. That's cool. Hell yeah. I'd watch movies with Bruce Springsteen. I'd watch movies with Bruce Springsteen. What a cool guy. We should get him on the show. He's done podcasts yeah, let's before. Get him on he the show. Let's see. He had a podcast with Obama. With we've, Obama. we've definitely got as much pull as Obama, right? Easily. Easily. He's not even president anymore. Yeah, right? Like, He's come on. some guy. Uh, <laughs> okay, one more note about this song. I do like, yes. at the end, he does his whole um, monologue saying, yeah. I don't care if you lie, let's dance, and then finishes the song by shouting, you, you lied. lied repeatedly. <laughs> it's like, doesn't sound like you're over it, Bruce. <laughs> Yeah, it's very like mixed messages. Yeah. Keep mentioning it. Like I, I get, I want to dance, but just yeah. let it go. You keep bringing it up. Can we? Are we moving on or are we not? Can I play the song? <sighs> Can we play the song? 
well, we know Bruce Springsteen wants to play the song and he wants to dance. And he wants to dance. Yeah, this one fully yeah. cranks the knob to fun. Just ul- like ultimately, <laughs> you just can't tell Bruce Springsteen to not play a song. I don't think he'll listen. I, I think probably he will play that song. Yeah. Anyway, and that's Bruce anyway, Springsteen. That's Bruce Springsteen. And so now it's time for our final verse. We've got three categories. The worst version, the best version, and the version that could convince Benny King to let you play that song. To let you pull. All right. With Alex, what's the worst version what's of this? What's the worst version? I mean, there were some decent versions on it. I think I'm going to give it... I'll probably give it to Johnny. Just undeserved. The, undeserved. The, the length just... The length killed it for me. I think I think that's a horror. I think it goes to Pepino de Capri. Like, His was definitely up there. It just doesn't have like much... And it's, it's not bad. It's just not as exciting yeah. as any other version. It's just... It's not Aretha Franklin and like any of the the Aretha Franklin inspired versions. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's just like it came in too quick and it, it couldn't be as, as good as it could have been, but all right, Alex, what's the best version? It's the best version. I think my favorite was probably Beverly Knight. Yeah. I got to agree with really that. strong voice and, uh, the feeling, uh, shifting it to be a little more melancholy overall. I thought it was a strong move. Yeah, it like refines the song in yeah. in the genre of soul that it originally started in to yeah. like a fine point. And uh, I mean, obviously, her performance is just really good. Did I say that already? Still I true. Think you did. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, great one. It, yeah, and it, like your problem with Johnny Dong was did too long. And this one's and even longer. <laughs> this one's even longer, but it fills that space for you. So hey, that's that makes sense. Yeah, Beverly Knight, great version. Alex. What's going what's gonna to let that song be played again? I feel like if anyone is going to let that song be played again, it's got to be the Springsteen version. It's because he's be, the most right? convincing. And he's like, yes. hey, let's play this song. It doesn't matter anymore. It's been such a long time. Yeah, he throws in the monologue to be like, hey, enough time's passed. But also, I'm still going to hammer on about how you fucking lied. How you fucking lied. You still lied. But I also want to dance. I also want to dance. Yeah, I think that's the one. The full fun. Having a good time. Come on, Benny King. Don't be such a, a stuck-up corpse. He's dead. So, it, yeah. <laughs> if anybody can bring him back, it's Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> yeah. Twenty fifteen. Okay. Ooh, seventy six. Anyway, does okay. it for our final verdict? You got a similar opinion, different opinion. Want to talk about a version we didn't talk about? Hit us up on Twitter. Hashtag covering pod at Jake the Cressy at Smalks Wise Guys. Send us your comments, questions, concerns, suggestions for future episodes. Be sure to rate and review us. We're on Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, your favorite podcasting apps. Get us over that four star mark on Spotify. I don't know where we are, but I imagine we're not over the four star. So go on there. Go to the mobile app and do it. You can email us at coveringpod at gmail.com. Talk to us there. And tell your friends, family, and neighbors about us, because you are the marketing budget. That does it for today's episode of Cover Me. And as we always say on Cover Me, don't play that Cover Me. It brings back memories of days I once knew.